0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church sermon podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest preaching for us for our revival services. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Good morning. Okay, about 30
1: minutes, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of James, the book of James. I apologize for running in. I I really despise doing that, but uh, I did leave the house at 3:30. I had to. I I intended to to make part of the drive last night, split it up a little bit, but I had to. I'm working a part-time job on Saturdays, and uh, anyway, it worked better for me to just leave out this morning. So I'm I'm glad for the Lord's protection, and uh, for His watch care. I love this church. I love your pastor. And uh, you folks have been an untold blessing to me over the years. I can't begin to tell you uh, how many times that God has used you guys to supply needs for us, not, not just in the realm of finances, that too, but in the realm of prayer and, and friendship and to know that you're a call away pastor. We don't talk often, uh, I, but I love a friendship that is built solidly enough that you don't have to talk every day. If we don't see each other for a while, we take right up where we left off and and the friendship is still there. So um, I've really tried to be explicitly uh, prayerful and, and asking the Lord what you need this week. Um, I'm tired of what I call spiritual cheerleading. I'm not here to excite you. I'm not here to uh, charge your battery, even. We use that term a lot, but the problem is batteries still go dead. And I don't need my battery charged. I need the power of a living Christ operative in me day by day, moment by moment, a reality, something the Scripture gives us that we can bank on. And so that's why we're in the book of James. And uh, I'll be here for a while. I'll just, uh, we'll stop at about 10 till, and we'll take up wherever the Lord lets us take up later. Chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now here's the tough stuff. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Have you felt that yet? Count it all joy. When you fall into divers or different or multiple temptations. Now how many of us could stop right there and say Lord. I haven't done very well with that. I could I mean I could say right here and now. I have not done well with that verse. Over the years. The first thing that comes to my mind when temptations, tribulations, or problems come along is not joy. A lot of other things, but joy would be way, way, way down the list. So can we at least start this meeting being totally honest with ourselves and with our Lord and to say we all need this verse. We need we need to dig into it a little bit and we need to ask the Lord to give us the fruit out of it, to give us to give us the meaning of it, because the Lord will not give us a command unless He at the same time enables us to follow that command. So so now, let's pray before we do anything else. Father, we bow our heads and our hearts, Lord, in profound uh, thanksgiving and admiration, Lord, for who you are. And Lord, for your great love toward us, Lord, I'm constantly amazed that you know everything about me and you love me anyway. I pray today, Father, that you will speak through the power of the Holy Spirit to this dear flock. Lord, we're in need always and desperately. And Father, we need more than the words of a mere man, we need the power of Lord, of the sharp two-edged sword that we know to be your word, we need it, Lord, to be wielded by the power of the Holy Spirit, to cut deeply, Lord, and to speak to the needs that we have and open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we might not just be hearers of the word, but doers. We pray in the high and lofty and lovely name, of the Lord Jesus, and for His sake we pray. Amen. Amen. So, what are we going to do, church, with with passages like this that all of us would readily admit we don't do so well with? Now, there is a class or a breed of Christians and I'm trying to be careful how I say this so it doesn't come off too much of of an offensive nature but they're just too saccharine sweet to suit me. (laughs) Does that make any sense to you? Uh, I like like the real deal. I, I don't like the artificial stuff. The artificial sweeteners, some of them, you know, they've kind of perfected it a little bit. It's probably still killing us, but (laughs) they've perfected it to the point, you remember when it first came out, saccharin, remember when that came out, and it it had kind of a bitter aftertaste, you remember that? It had a sweet taste, but there was a very bitter aftertaste. Well, that's what these kind of Christians leave me with. They're almost too sweet up front, and they leave me a little bit bitter after they leave. And the reason I say that is because all of my days are not good days. Every day is not just a wonderful, wonderful, glad, joyous day. Now, I know as Christians we've been programmed to come off that way. We want people to think that are outside the realm of Christ, that that everything is just coming up roses. It ain't. And some days you don't even know how to pray. You say, how do you know? Because I don't. Some days you pray and it seems as if God's not listening. How do you know, preacher? Because it happens to me. Some days I open the Bible and I read it and it seems like I'm just reading words. It doesn't seem like the power is there that speaks to my heart. And immediately I say, Lord, it's got to be me. It's got to be me. It's not you. But wh- what, what do we do with that? How do we handle that? Do we, do we come away from those times and, and we come off as this saccharine sweet, oh, I spent time in the Word this morning. Yeah, but did you get anything out of it? I spent my time in prayer. But did you sense that God was hearing? Did did you sense that He was actively involved in your prayer life? That He was working even then to bring about the answer that was good in His sight? Not yours. Or do we perfect this, this saccharine Christianity to come off as if everything's wonderful when inside we're a little bit bitter? I read something, I don't know that I've ever shared it here, maybe in the last year or so that's helped me, And, and I've got it written out on a notepad, and I keep it in front of my computer screen on my desk, and I don't know who I read this from, but they said bitterness is when you think God got it wrong. Worry is when you're afraid He's not going to get it right. You think about that. Bitterness is when I think God got it wrong, but worry is when I'm afraid He's not going to get it right. Now, let's go back to our verse again. My brethren, count it all joy, not if, but when ye fall into divers temptations. Let, Let me just read you another verse real quickly, you don't have to turn there. These are the words of our Lord found in John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, those are the words of our Lord. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. I don't know of anybody that can approach real tribulation or real temptation with a natural joy. Now, I've preached along these lines in, in some realm ever since I've been coming up here. And it goes back to the same principle every time. You, in your own power, cannot live the Christian life. You just can't do it. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot do it. And when a person attempts to live the Christian life without the power of a living Christ doing it through them, they come off as a saccharine Christian. They come off as artificial They come off as not real because even your unsaved workmates and your unsaved family know that you have bad days. We perfect how to put the facade up when we're in public because we don't want anybody else to know we're having it tough. We don't want anybody else to know that our prayer life hasn't been doing it for us lately. We don't want anybody else to know that the Bible hadn't really been speaking to our hearts lately. So we we've perfected the art of making it appear to everybody that things are just fine. And as a result of that, we're seeing the great falling away. We're, we're seeing ministers fall. We're seeing families divided and falling apart. We're we're seeing churches that are divided by schisms. And and, and we see the fellowship broken. And I attribute a a great percentage of all of those problems to the simple fact that a lot of us have forgotten how to be real. We've forgotten how to come to a text like this and say, Lord, Lord, I am not doing well with that. So, I, I loved what Warren Wiersbe had to say about this. So, I, he, he, had, he had four words that he pulled out. And, and I'm going to give Wiersbe credit for the little outline and give the Holy Spirit credit for what believers. This, this is not addressed to the lost crowd. It's addressed to the brethren the body of Christ. Count it all joy when you fall in to a variety, diverse temptations. A fellow by the name of Wayne Barber wrote a book called The Rest of Grace and I, I liked what he had to say about the word count here. It makes sense to me. He said the word count means to calculate this and put it into your equation. Calculate it and then put it into the equation. Now, will you not agree with me that, that not only does the world never do this, we don't put God into the equation. The world separated from Christ just naturally leaves God out. We want to... We want to explain everything away without God. We want to start with a big bang. You know, and they'll scratch their head and stroke their beard when you start saying, well, what caused the thing to go bang? Well, we're really not sure about all of that. you know. And they'll look real smart and intelligent while they're saying that. Dumb as a box of rocks. But they want to explain God out of the equation. Now, that's understandable for me an unregenerate soul, a soul who has never come to a personal confrontation with the living Christ, a person who is alienated from the things of God, we expect that out of them. But when we see it within the body, that's a whole other ball game. When God's people quit counting things calculating it and putting it into the equation that God is in this. When we stop doing that we've lost the biggest part of the battle. And what I mean is the old song that we used to sing nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through his hand. Do you believe that? Nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through God's hand. Now, in in the modern day, I was preaching recently, and an old fella came up to me, and this this guy's like 80-something, Brother K. And, I mean, he's old enough to know better. And and he comes a lot when I'm preaching at this particular place down south. And, man, he, he messed me up the other day. Because he came to me and he said, hey, I've been watching some of these preachers on television. I said, that's mistake number one right there. (laughs) And then he started naming names and I knew he was in trouble. Because he began to tell me who had been listening to. And he said, you know, he said, I don't believe God wants us to be sick. And uh, I I was either getting ready to preach or I had preached and was getting ready to leave. We didn't have time to discuss a lot of it. But ask Job about that ask job sometime you know you think this prosperity thing job is the real deal you you think you think it's what it did you what'd you miss job what did you do wrong you know what you're sounding like when you say that you're sounding like those three friends is yeah. well job <laughs> you messed up somewhere you've done something wrong i had a tractor accident some years. I remember the first, the first tent meeting I preached here sure I came on crutches. Do you remember that? I had a, I had a broken ankle and then I don't know about uh, 14, 15 years ago I turned a tractor in a bush hog over and I broke this foot up and, uh, and, and I was crippled up there for a while and I remember somebody coming up to me, a guy that I knew. Uh, I, I, was, I was on crutches all summer, had three pins at the bottom of my foot And and this guy come up to me after the fact, and he said, Well, I bet you're listening to God now, ain't you? I said, I beg your pardon? He said, I bet you're listening to God now, huh? And I said, whoa. I said, if you're referring to the tractor accident, I said, I'm I'm not trying to sound spiritual, but I said, "I, I think I was listening to him before the tractor turned over. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I was always obedient and always doing good with it, but, but I was listening, you know. But there's always that person that will come around and say, if you'd get where you need to get, you wouldn't be going through this. If you didn't have something going on in your life, you wouldn't be going through this. I want to tell you something. You need to stay away from that crowd. Christ is not standing over you with a rod with this scowl on his face saying, Man, I hope I get to beat them today. I sure hope I get to wear their hide out, man. I'll tell you, I just nothing thrills me like wearing out my children. That's not the Jesus I know. He is the Lord who, as I said in praying earlier, who knows all about me and loves me anyhow. There's reason to rejoice right there. He knows everything about you, but he still loves you. Now, count on that. Put that into the equation. Calculate it. You know what it is to Work it out. Put it down and figure it out. Look at it. Mull it over. Think about it. Look at it again. Think about it some more. And put that into the equation of what you're going through and say, God's up to something. God's up to something. I may not like, I hope it doesn't sound sacrilegious, I may not even like what God's up to. I don't like it when I'm sick. I don't like it when finances dry up. I don't like it when somebody's mad at me. I don't like it when things are not going my way. But you know what? I don't sit on God's board. God doesn't call me up and say, hey, Kaufman, I've got to have your approval on this. Is it okay? He just does what he does because of who he is. And because of who He is, gives James the authority to put down this hard verse and say, "My brethren, count on it. Count it all joy. How do we do that? Because we're putting it into the equation of our life. We're putting it into the equation of all of the difficulties and all of the problems and all of the disappointments and all of the setbacks and saying, God knows more about my life than I know. So when those things come, and they do come, they will come, some of you are in them right now. Don't act like, a saccharine Christian and come off as phony to the eyes of those that know you best. Nobody knows me like my family knows me. They see me without a doubt at my absolute worst. They know when I'm down. They know when I'm weary. They know when I'm disappointed. They know when I'm angry. They know all that about me. And they've They've learned to love me anyway through the years and to stay by my side. But you know what? I don't try to be something that I'm not around my family. My family knows there are some things that just downright aggravate me. And some things will just actually make me mad. I I try to tell my grandson, I said, you've never really seen me mad. You've seen me aggravated. And one day he said, Paul, Paul, he said, if that's aggravated, I hope I don't ever see you mad. (laughs) And I said, well, that was aggravated. Because some of us don't control anger well. Now, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't get angry at the drop of a hat, but I'm like a pressure cooker. You know, it'll build up, build up, build up, build up. And I'll I'll let a hundred things pass by. You know, the, the kids will do something, or the grandkids will do something, or my wife will do something, or even I'll do something, and a, another thing, and another thing, and another thing, and I kind of let that go, and let that, and then one day, one of them does something, and it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then I kind of say, you know, go off. Now, I don't mean I throw a cussing fit, I've wanted to. But They just see that they pressed my button. And and, and one of them say, what's wrong with you? I said, what's not wrong with me? Everything's wrong. Now you say, well that's not very Christian. It's the real world. It's the real world. Now, my family knows me well enough to know that if I'm plastic at home, they're not going to believe anything I say when I get behind this pulpit. If what I say I have in Christ is not real when I'm in the crucible, it's not going to be real when the applause comes. If it's not real when I'm under attack, it's not going to be real when they're patting me on the back. If it's not real when I'm in the valley, it won't be real when I'm on the mountaintop. And we've learned how to come off as these exuberant, happy, everything's lovely, coming up roses, Christians. Now I just want to tell you this morning, and I'll stop right here, there is nothing wrong with people knowing in the right way once in a while that you're having a bad day. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not not saying, we we don't wear our feelings on our sleeve, we shouldn't. We shouldn't go around, you know, expressing every feeling we have. But I can guarantee you there's somebody in your family, in your workplace, they know that you profess faith in Christ. And they need to know once in a while that you're having a bad day to see how you respond to it. Nothing wrong with you. If they say, hey, is something bothering you? You say, yeah, there, there, there really is. There's a lot of things troubling me. Right now. And I don't, maybe don't want to talk about it right now, but yeah, there's a lot of things troubling me. But, but I know that God's up to something. I mean, you don't have to preach them a sermon. You don't have to come off as holier than thou. You may not even have to say that. But, but they need to, to know that you experience once in a while a bad day count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. It's coming and when it does, it doesn't mean be this saccharine Christian that has this artificiality about you and, and an artificial joy. It just means that you can put all of this down in the equation. You calculate it and add it to the mix and say God's up to something. I don't know what. I don't like the mixture. But I trust God. I trust God. Now, it's easy to say that, it's not always easy to do that. It's easy for me to trust God when everything is full. Easy to trust God when things are just lovely. But let the wheels fall off. I, I'm talking to you from experience. It's not poor me. I'm just telling you, it happens to all of us. Sometimes we preachers come off, Pastor, as if, you know, we never go through any problems. I've heard preachers just act like they never have any difficulties and it's always great. And if you're having a bad day, they're Job's friends again. But there are those times that God puts us in a place that we don't understand, we don't have an answer, but we still must put it into the equation, count on it, calculate that into the equation, keep God in the mix, don't give the devil too much credit, would you not do that? Boy the devil messed my day up. You think he could do that if God didn't let him? Do you? You think, you think the devil could do something that God didn't allow him to do? God and the devil are not these cosmic spiritual enemies and they're in this arm wrestling match seeing who's going to win. The battle's already been won. The, the war has been won. Now we're here in this temporary sphere now and we're on our way to a celestial place, hallelujah, where sin and sorrow and suffering and all of this mess will forever be over. Hallelujah. But we're not there yet, children. You're here. Count it all joy. You say, can you mean that, preacher, as you weep? Yeah, yeah, I can mean that. Christians, I think, are the only ones that can really laugh and cry all the same time and feel both emotions. Experience it all, just a mix of emotions. We're in this veil of sorrow, but we're headed somewhere. Wonderful, great, out of this world, literally beyond imagination, beyond the realm of anything we have imagined before. But on the journey,
0: let's be real.